Well, it was great to hear just little stories of what God is doing in the lives of people in this particular service and in our church in general. We're in a series called The Heart of Jesus, and we're looking at four chapters from the book of Luke. Uh, each chapter speaks about something that is near and dear to the heart of Jesus. Luke chapter 13 is about repentance. Luke chapter 14 is about humility. And Luke chapter 15 is about God's heart for the lost. Um, I don't know if you've ever lost anything before. It's a horrible feeling to lose something, and that feeling only increases the more valuable that object is to you. I've lost my keys. I've lost my glasses. I've lost 50 bucks one time. Couldn't find it for two years. Found it in my car when I finally cleaned my car. So the lesson was clean your car more often, right? Um, but uh, one time we lost our dog. We had this little dog named Peaches. We went away to a conference in Edmonton, left Peaches with friends. She got out and out of their backyard, took off down the coulee, down the valley in Ross Glen, running towards our house. And we drove down from Edmonton in a panic, concerned about our little dog. She escaped into the coolies, and she was gone. We spent two weeks searching for her. This is pre-social media, so we posted pictures. We put them up all over the city. We were able to get on the radio station, and they announced, hey, there's this little dog, this little white dog uh, lost in the coolies of Ross Glen. Um, people were phoning in and with dog sightings, and we were just chasing around trying to track down this dog. My friend got a cell phone out of this deal because cell phones were brand new at that time, and he was able to convince his wife, okay, this is a good time to buy a cell phone because I could, you know, we lost this dog, so, and I could, if I had a cell phone, I'd be able to call right away, we'd be able to find her quicker, so he got a cell phone out of the deal. We had sightings of peaches uh, all over the city coming out of the coulee. Someone saw her hanging around the Christian school. Uh, then someone called the radio station. They saw her by the Nazarene church. Good pastor's dog. She gets lost. She goes to the Christian school, goes to the Nazarene church. We finally track her down behind the Nazarene church. And there was a field back there that used to be bulls and cows in this field back there and like big bulls, big horns, huge animals. My friend drove into this field of bulls and uh, parked in the middle of it. We chased down my dog, finally found her, grabbed her, turned around, and the two big bulls were rubbing themselves up against my friend's car. <laughs> So we just walked out of there. We just left his car alone. Uh, we came back later to pick it up. There was some dents in the doors where the bulls had rubbed up again. But we lost something that was precious to us, and we did everything that we possibly could to find what we had lost. We spent our days and our evenings driving around the city. We had sleepless nights. We told everyone we could, used every means to find this dog that we had lost. How much more would we have done if we'd have lost a son or a daughter? Luke 15 contains one of the most beautiful stories in the entire Bible, the prodigal son 
about Jesus' heart for lost people and how he cares about us even when we go astray. The stories found here are contained only in Luke's gospel. They're unique to the gospel of Luke. We don't find these stories in any other part of the Bible. There's three stories here that are about God's heart for lost people. There's a story of a shepherd who's looking for his sheep. The shepherd has a hundred sheep. He loses one. He leaves the 99 safe with a friend, safe in their pen, and he goes off and he searches night and day for the one who is lost, searches as if his life depends on it, searches until he finds this lost sheep. Used to love this story as a kid. This was one of my favorite stories as a kid about this shepherd who left the 99 and searched for one who was lost, because I could identify with that one who was lost. There were some days as a kid that I felt lost, and this idea that God was searching for me, that Jesus would search for me and find me. I used to love that story. Then a woman is looking for a lost coin. Now, I used to think, okay, this is a weird story. Uh, It's just a coin, you know. Uh, It's not that big a deal, but uh, kind of a, a boring story. But there's actually a cultural reference here. A Jewish woman in this era of history, when she got married, she wore a, t- a headband with 10 coins on it and signifying that she was now a wife, that she was, was married. So to lose a coin out of the headband would be the equivalent of losing a wedding ring. And so we could picture it in our context, losing a wedding ring, and we all know that that's a big deal. If you've ever lost your wedding ring and have been searching for it frantically, you, you know what that's like. She searches the entire house until she finds it. Third story, a father is waiting for his prodigal son to come home. We know a lot about that story, so I'm going to talk just briefly about the first two stories. Luke chapter 15 Here's the first verses. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So then Jesus tells these two stories of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. An amazing thing is happening here in the ministry of Jesus, and what prompts Jesus to tell these stories about these lost things is that the more he teaches, the more angry religious people get. The more Jesus teaches, the more angry religious people get, and the more he teaches, the more the sinners and the outcasts in society are compelled to come and find him and hear him, and respond to his message, and repent, and turn their lives around. And you have to understand that the religious people, the Pharisees and all of that, they, they did not like the sinners, especially tax collectors. And so here's Jesus, he's not only speaking to these sinners, and welcoming these sinners into following him, and and they become his followers. And, and the more these people responded to Jesus, the more angry the Pharisees became. They started cl- uh, complaining about Jesus hanging around with these kind of people. They thought it was a sign that he was condoning their sin of these people, which he wasn't. What he was doing was reaching out to them. He was meeting them where they were at and offering them a radical acceptance, even while he was challenging them into a radical obedience. 
But the Pharisees, they misunderstood what Jesus was doing. They thought he shouldn't even be hanging around with these kinds of people at all. So Jesus tells us three parables to show them, hey, this is what I'm doing. I have lost people and I am going and searching. I'm, I'm leaving behind the 99. I'm going to search for that one. I'm leaving behind everything. I'm going to search. I'm turning my house upside down, searching for my lost wedding coin. I'm doing everything that I can to find them. God is not waiting for people who are far from him to get their act together, to become perfect and then come to him. No, he's, he's going out and saying, I want you as you are. I love you as you are. I want you just to come to me. The people that got baptized on Tuesday night, the two we saw this morning, the rest of the 18 that are getting baptized today, all of them you know, are, are coming and, and God is saying, hey, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have your life perfectly together. You don't have to have it all figured out. You can come to me. I love you. I want to lead you on. I want to help transform you. I want to help change you. And God is lovingly waiting for us to turn our hearts to him. So Jesus gives these three snapshot stories, the shepherd and the lost sheep, the woman and the lost coin, the father and the lost son. Each of these stories give us a different glimpse of who God is. They give us a different glimpse of God's love for us. They give us a different glimpse of God's heart. And what happened to the religious people is the religious people forgot that all over the Old Testament, God is searching for the lost people. God is searching for the lost. Um, Ezekiel says this, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search and find my sheep. And when King David refuses to welcome his son back into the palace, the prophet Nathan says this, one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament says, but God does not just sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we've been separated from him. I just love that. God is not content that we would be separated from him. God devises ways to bring us back to him. God is, is searching for you and searching for me if we're far from him and searching for our neighbors and searching for our friends and he's devising ways to bring them back to him and you might be one of the ways. You might be one of the ways that your neighbor, that your friend, that your coworker comes back to God or comes to find God, but the Pharisees had twisted all this, they'd refused to see it and they had not been able to figure this out and they misunderstood what Jesus was doing. So God is portrayed as a shepherd seeking for lost sheep. The text says if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? That's a picture of God as a shepherd. We find that picture all throughout the Old Testament. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Only the person that can say the Lord is my shepherd can also say I shall not want. When the Lord is not your shepherd, you always want something. Not that that's wrong to want certain things in life. The reason you want things though is to fill that void that's inside of you that only God can fill. But if God is your shepherd, God is all you want. God is all you really need. I love this picture of God as our shepherd. Wherever you go, God is waiting for you. Psalm 139 says, I could ask the darkness to hide me, 
and the light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as day, so God is searching, and even in the darkness, you can't hide from him. God is there. God is wherever you are. When the shepherd finds the sheep, he lays it across his shoulders. It's this image of the sheep being tired and weary from wandering and walking and, 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 and wandering from, from the shepherd. But the shepherd puts him around his shoulders and says, hey, I know you're tired, and I'm going to bring you home. I'm going to take you home. And then God is like someone searching for a lost wedding coin. And I told you the significance of this. It's like a wedding ring. It's like, uh, it's a pretty significant thing. It's not just a coin. And archaeologists tell us that the house that she would have been searching in is a very dark house, uh, very dim lighting. The floors are just rough, beaten earth with maybe some reeds and some grasses on the floor to make it a little bit softer. And so she would have to just pull everything out and be looking around in almost darkness uh, with just a little bit of light coming through the doorway and just on her hands and knees, just searching for this lost coin that she could, couldn't find. It would be like searching for a needle in a haystack. And she just won't stop searching till he, she finds this lost coin. Then I love how Jesus ends this story. They have a party. They celebrate. She invites her friends. She invites everybody as if it's like her wedding all over again. And it's like, okay, I found this coin. I found this coin that represents my wedding and my commitment to my husband and our relationship. And I, I, I thought I'd lost it, but I found it. Come, please, and rejoice with me. And so they have this party. And then Jesus says, in the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. I love that tells us that there's something that moves heaven when one of us come to Jesus. When one of us choose to repent and, and maybe we've been away for a long time like the prodigal son and we come back to God or maybe for the first time we come to God and we repent and we give our life to him. There's a celebration in heaven. There's joy before the throne of God when one lost person repents. Do you know how to bring joy to God's heart? is when you invite your neighbor to come and follow Jesus. You invite your neighbor to come and worship with you here and maybe over the course of time they give their life to Jesus. When, you know, it's interesting, it doesn't say when a when hundred people repent, there's, there's a party. <laughs> you know, when 50 people repent, there's a party. It's when one lost sinner repents, there's a party in heaven and the angels are rejoicing and something is happening before God's throne. God cares about the one. That means God cares about you. That means God cares about me. That means God cares about your neighbor. That means God cares about your family member. That means God cares about your friend. God cares about the one. So as we just wrap up today, I want to pray over us and just pray that God would give us his heart for lost people. And that the next baptism service we have, we could see, you know, double uh, the number of people baptized where we would just see, you know, over 30 baptized because we cared about the one and we invited them and helped them to find Jesus and they found Jesus. And 
They're like, hey, I want to be baptized. I want to follow Jesus. God cares about the one. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the testimonies we were able to hear. I thank you for the baptism stories and the youth who were baptized, those who were baptized this morning. We just pray, God, your protection over them, your blessing over them, your empowerment over their life. Lord God, we just, just pray into what uh, Dan shared. We just pray for Pat for restoration of health completely today. Lord God, uh, we pray, Lord Jesus, for Natalia and for Jack who are baptized. We pray, God, your empowerment and your spirit would fill them, just be poured out upon them. And we just are so thankful for them and, and help us as a church to come alongside of them and support them in this continued commitment to you. And God, would you give us a heart for the lost? Would you give us a heart for lost people? Would you give us your heart for lost people? We pray in Jesus' name. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Have a fantastic Sunday. We'll see you again here next week. Take care.